Hello, everybody, and welcome to another week of the No Limits podcast on the State Hornet Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Matt Irvin III. Joining me again, as always, is my good friend, Gary Singh. Gary, how are you today? What's up? What's happening? What's good with my brother, Mac? How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I wish I could say the same for my football team, but we'll get into that in a little bit here. <laughs> Hey, you know, Gary, we were a little busy this week. We made a guest appearance on uh on a podcast, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We went on the Sean and Vaughn show. Make sure you guys check that out on the Be Her platform. You know, that was a fun show, Mac. Yeah, it was definitely fun to do. And, uh, you know, we gave out our midseason NFL awards. And we reaffirmed our belief in the Chiefs that they will win the Super Bowl this year. Well, we'll see. But <laughs> basically, <laughs> so if you want to, if you're interested in, you know, what was said over there, make sure you go check that out on the Be Heard podcast platform. And if you got a little bit of extra time, maybe check out my show, Snack Time Mac and Ash. But that's a different time. Nice cross promotion out of the way. Let's get into the show today. We got more NFL action. Busy, busy week nine happening. Shook up a lot of things around the league this week. Uh, we got we're going to talk a little bit about our MVP rankings at this point of the season now that we're sort of past the midway point of the season and then we got a little bit of nba news to talk about we got some trade rumors and such so we're gonna get into that but first let's start with nfl week nine and uh, man let's just get into it let's just get this out of the way let's talk about my, my seahawks and let's talk about the game against the bills because that was one of the ugliest games i've seen from my team <laughs> in my life that was a terrible game to watch. Yeah, Mac, that was that was a stinker. Let's just put it that way. That was a stinker. Even though the score doesn't say it was a stinker in terms of 44-34, Bills win by 10. But like you said, a lot of turnovers, just a sloppy game. You look at the numbers, Russell Wilson with 390 yards, two TDs, 415 yards by Josh Allen with three TDs. This team offensively, I just – the thing about the Bills to me, it's just really inconsistency on their part. I don't want to see their defense stepping up in key time and key moments, but they did so this past weekend. And I kind of want to give Seattle a pass or throw this game out the books for them just because I feel like so much pressure has been on Russell Wilson to do great every single week. And with that pressure and going with these shootouts, you're not going to always have the best outcome. Like As we've seen kind of this year with the Chiefs, Last year, the last two years, they've been doing a lot of shootouts, but now this year you can tell they're trying to get inside the running game. They're trying to mix it up, so not that much pressure is on Patrick Mahomes. And I think it's funny because Seahawks before were total opposite, where they ran with the defense first, and then Russell Wilson was really relaxing. But now it's really it's really Russell Wilson or bust now. So these shootouts, I think, are having a big strain on Russell Wilson, and it's causing him to make some minor mistakes, which might cost him the MVP like we might discuss later. So, But like you said, Mac. There's some problems with your teams for sure, but they made some trades over the deadline, and like you already mentioned, hopefully their defense can step up at the right time. Lucky for them, it's only week nine, week ten. We are coming down to the home stretch, but I still think there's room for them to improve in terms of catching catching fire at the right time. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the schedule coming up, we got uh, the Rams this week and then the Cardinals. And then after that, it gets remarkably easier. We get the Giants, uh, Washington, and the Jets. So that's three games in a row we should win, and we should win decisively. So knowing us, we'll win by two or three points in each game. But, um, yeah, 
you know, if you listened to double coverage last year, you know how shaky I was on predicting this game because I knew the Bills were always going to be a tough opponent. That defense is stout, and there's a reason why a lot of people respect them. And, uh, yeah, they they had they shut down our offense. It was a very uncharacteristic game for Russell Wilson, and, you know, the defense did its traditional uh, flop over and die at the first play. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, that looks – I am really – starting to scratch my head at that trade because he does not look good at all. Um, yeah, maybe that armed robbery thing in the offseason shook, shook his confidence a little bit. But uh, all I know is we, we need him to start mugging people on the field and not off of them. So, uh, True. <laughs> so yeah, it was a tough game for Seattle that knocked them off of the number one seed in the NFC and a team that replaced them. Well, they gave out an ass whooping of their own. That was the New Orleans Saints. They knocked off Tom Brady and Tampa Bay 38 to 3 on Sunday night football. Oh man, Gary, were you expecting that kind of beat down? Because I know I wasn't. That beat down 34 to 3 was just a scary thought to see. Cause like you said, my bad, excuse me, 38 to 3, but Man, I did not see that coming, Mac. I can be honest with you. I did not see that coming, and it's kind of good for me to see because I actually picked, like I said many times, I picked this Saints team to do really good in the beginning of the year because I've been banking on them for the last three years to make some noise. And, you know, I thought, you know, like we said, with Sanders coming back, Emmanuel Sanders coming to this team, it's really going to give them a boost on offense. Defensively, they have their their ups and downs, but, like, like you can look at them now. They're 6-2. and two. They've been on, I think, about a five to four game win streak now. Even though some of these games they've been pulling out with barely by pulling out grass out the ground, basically, barely pulling them out. I'm not giving up on the Bucks just yet. You know, just one game. I think Tom Brady and them had a lot to learn, especially incorporating Antonio Brown into the situation. But in terms of what the Saints are doing well, I mean, I think Drew Brees is starting to get back in a form. I think everyone right now in the NFL is in that midseason week where the games can be be taken out of context in NFL weeks it all depends on matchup in terms of who you play the week before and then who you're playing the week after and how much preparation you had for each game so that was a good game but like you said a shocking game Mac yeah it was a real surprise to see I do think you're right I do think that cohesion may have played a little bit of it another important thing to note is this is a divisional matchup you know NFC South divisional matchup and those division games are always going to be nail biters <laughs> it can go either way anytime even the jets have pulled some close ones out on the patriots in the dominant years so maybe we're overreacting a little bit but it was still surprising to see them only put three points up and one more marquee matchup for us to dive into uh gary i know you had some money riding on this game and i know you must have been shaking in your boots a little bit <laughs> as the steelers uh... took on the dallas cowboys <laughs> The Cowboys actually gave you guys a lot tougher run for your money than I thought they would. Uh, Garrett Gilbert looked real composed in the pocket, but you guys were able to pull this one out 24-19. Are you starting to have uh, any of those midseason concerns about your teams, about uh, being able to consistently pull out these close games like this? Sorry to our listeners if it feels like all we talk about the Seahawks and the Steelers. <laughs> but, hey, our teams are good right now. What can we say? But, like, all right, Mac, let me be truthful here on this one. So, I was talking a lot. Like, we're going to beat them down. But in my heart of hearts, I really was thinking, like, 
man, we're playing this bad team. I know my team. We like to play down to competition. That's simple as that. We like to play down to competition, and I wanted them to do what they did to the Browns, come out and beat them down like we did to the Browns. But I was just like, we don't play the Cowboys that much. We play them like every other fight, every four years. And I think it was just a match made in heaven that, like, my whole family's a Cowboy fan. So I'm at I'm at uh, a restaurant uh, with my uh, cousins all talking smack back and forth. Every play we're talking smack. Whole game, I'm down. And I'm like, my Pittsburgh Steelers, we can lose one game, no problem. We haven't lost a game. Please do not lose this one game. There's some things that we for sure need to buckle down. I think our nose tackle has been out, so it's one thing that's really happened to us. People have been able to run on us lately. Like Pollard had a pretty good game, and Zeke had a pretty solid game. And I'm going to give credit where credit is due to Gilbert, the backup QB. You know, I didn't think he was going to do much, but uh, he made some sound good passes and converted on some things I didn't think he was going to convert on. But you know what? Like I've been saying all year, like I was yelling to my cousins and brothers, we clutch. We are clutch. We come we when it's time to make the game winning plays on defense. You see Minka Fitzpatrick somewhere there in the area. If it's JJ Wall at the line, shout out to my team for doing good. We're still undefeated, but we played down to a competition. So sad to see. Not a good characteristic to have. I think this next week's gonna be a big big time for you guys. We're gonna see if you can play through some adversity. You got players on the COVID list, so let's see who steps up, right? That's next man up. That's the motto in the NFL. And we've seen it work for a couple teams, but for other teams, it kind of takes them out and takes the season. So I'll be interested to see how you guys respond to that next week. Uh, Now let's get into our MVP race through the middle of the season. And I think this is a pretty short discussion for me because my opinion on the MVP has not changed one single bit. It's called the most valuable player award, right? So who's the most valuable to their team? in the league and to me especially if you saw the game this weekend it's no question that russell wilson is the most valuable player to their franchise the seahawks might be a basement team without him and i know that there have been other players like patrick mahomes and aaron Rodgers. if you want to look at non-quarterbacks we can go to aaron donald and miles garrett and those kind of guys but it's just no question for me at this moment that russell wilson is carrying the seahawks and He's the most valuable player in the league right now. I hope he doesn't continue to slip up and play himself out of MVP conversation because I think there is a limit on how bad you can play and still get the most valuable player award. And he's kind of straddling that line a little bit. He's had a couple of questionable games, but I still think he is slightly, slightly in the lead over Patrick Holmes for most valuable player. Mac. I've been with you this whole time with Russell Wilson being in lead MVP. Called it preseason, me and you both. It is Russell Wilson's time to get the MVP, especially when he's been in the MVP race the last few years, knocking at the door. I'm sad to say at this moment that Patrick Mahomes has now passed Russell Wilson one step ahead, not too far away, one inch ahead, let's say, one inch ahead above Russell Wilson. And here's why. Patrick Mahomes almost has the same amount of TDs. Only one interception, which is just crazy. Which is just crazy. Mind-boggling. It's like, one interception? How? You guys throw the ball. It reminds me of Brett Favre. Throwing the ball, slinging the ball all over around the field. And how do you only have one interception? How do you only have one mistake? 
Patrick Mahomes, their consistency on offense and defense, him specifically being the spark plug of that team, really his actions, his crazy passes. And I was talking to my brother the other day, and it was just like, how do you describe what Patrick Mahomes is doing right now? It's just like, Russell Wilson got magic. Trust me, he got a lot of magic. He does a lot for that team. But something about Patrick, he just got a little extra magic in him. Just a little extra magic in him. It's just like, how, what, when, where, why? How'd you do all this? How'd you learn this? Like, And I just got to give it to him right now because, you know, we're going week by week by this pod of how what we see and what we do. And in terms of that loss, that's going to knock Russell Wilson down in my mind. Just one little plateau under Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to give him that nod. Do you think there's any way this season ends and someone who is not a quarterback is crowned MVP. No, you have to be. If you're going to be any other, if there's any other position other than quarterback trying to get MVP, you have to put a ridiculous amount of numbers up and just do ridiculous things. And I know we should basically call it the MVP of QBs, but it's just the truth, man. Everyone knows that, about how much the quarterback impacts a football team. It, it is hard that. It's mainly a quarterback award, but I mean, if you look at it, they're supposed to be the leaders of the team, so it makes sense that they would kind of get the most uh, accolades when they perform well, especially when you look at guys like Mahomes and Wilson, and I will give you that for Mahomes. He is just mesmerizing to watch every time he's on the field. That sidearm is some of my beauty, but uh, (laughs) one interception, too, that's just that's mind-boggling how you have one interception through half of the season already. So it's going to be a close race. Uh, I think whoever goes off the most amount of times with the games that we have left, I think that's what it's going to come down to. And we shall see as the season goes on. All right. And we're going to transition out of the NFL for once because we got some NBA news to talk about or NBA rumors. But yeah, there are grumblings and rumblings around the league that several star players could be on the move in this free agency market. Obviously, We got the draft coming up on Wednesday, next Wednesday, if you're listening to this or uh, this week. So it would be next Wednesday. But uh, yeah, several key players, Russell Westbrook, James, James Harden, Victor Oladipo. Can you see any of these players moving right now? I know the Rockets got a new coach and a new GM, but can you see them really trying to blow it up like that? Yeah, like you said, Mac, a lot of rumors and it's, it's crazy I already talking about the NBA. Just felt like it just went away. Now it's right back, and I'm glad to see it because I love me some NBA basketball. So it's cool to hear all this stuff and trade rumors swirling around the NBA. I just don't want to see no one, especially the Rockets, especially the Sixers and the Clippers. Like running back, most of those teams only have been together for like a year or two, and for in terms of the Rockets and the Clippers, only been there for a year together in terms of their superstars all together and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So I think they should run it back. I think they should get one more opportunity. You got two MVPs on your team, and I know it's kind of hard to see because they can't really make any moves on their roster because they're all cap-strapped, and they already kind of already dove into small ball, and it's kind of hard, like as we've seen when they play the Lakers. It's going to be a little tough to play small ball this year when the champions are tall and big, and they can play small, but their small is not as small as you guys. I don't want to see anybody move, but if I do – See a move from James Harden or Westbrook. I just hope they go to championship contenders, you know. I've seen, like, 
I've been seeing Detroit, no. You Utah, no. Don't just don't do it to these guys. Uh, I think you're right. I'd like to see them run it back one more time. But I do understand if they want the new guy, you know, the new GM and new head coach to start fresh, maybe try to build something his way. But my only concern with that would be you gave up a lot of draft capital to acquire Russell Westbrook, right? You gave up multiple first round picks to get him. So it would be, you know, real tough for them to blow it up after only one season of them playing together. I do think you're right though. I think small ball just isn't going to work in this, in this day and age. The, The league's not ready for it yet. Especially when you're the only team that's doing it, I don't Super think it's going to work. Super small ball, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody over six seven. This is not going to work. Uh, if they do get traded, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It should be the championship contenders. It was funny though. I'm seeing a couple rumors having Westbrook go to the Knicks, which oh, I think don't would do just, it to him. <laughs> it would just be mind boggling to me because, first of all, the Knicks are a bad team and they have a bad owner, and with the COVID stuff going on, it's not really a premier destination right now because you can't really do anything right now. So it doesn't make sense for him to be traded to New York unless he just has no say in the matter. Another thing, another reason why I don't want them to get traded is like these teams like Lakers, Clippers, Denver, everyone got two superstars right now. Let's keep it two. I want to see running back for one more year. Let's keep everyone get two. Gary says, bring back the dynamic duos. We shall see what they do. One last thing to note. Um, I tell you, I forgot about this personally, but the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, did not have a head coach up until today, and they have officially promoted assistant coach Mark Dagino to head coach. I'm sure I butchered that name, and I'm sorry if I did. And we've been seeing rumors about Chris Paul being dealt to the Phoenix Suns. That strikes me as bizarre but intriguing. You know, getting him there with Devin Booker. We saw the Suns go 8-0 and in that bubble. Could they be shaping up for a, a, pop, a possible playoff run next year? You know, maybe looking at that 4, 5, or 6 seed maybe in this Western Conference. There's going to be a lot of shakeup. So what do you think on that potential Chris Paul to Phoenix trade? Do you think that's something that could work, or is this just something in the suspension of disbelief? First, let's lay out, let's give a round of applause to the Suns actually trying to put someone around Devin Booker. That's what I want to first say. Let's give that a round of applause for that because, you know, as we see, a lot of teams have these young superstars. They don't, they try to get them to winning situations, trying to help them for winning situations that we can take as an example for the Kings. Darren Fox, we're trying to build a winning situation around him. And, you know, sometimes we don't want to make the big splash move because of this, that, and the third, but. I like how the Suns are just really want to keep Devin Booker and they're showing him some interest that we want to keep you in. We want to put a building we want to put a winning situation around you, just like you know, like the Bucks need to do this year. They need to put a winning situation around Yana to show him to stay. And I always thought about that with LeBron James leaving Cleveland the first time that Dan Gilbert and them just didn't do their job. So that's why he left. But anyways, back to the situation here with Chris Paul. Ah, I don't know. Matt, like you said, it's gonna be four, five, six C, seventh, eighth C, like Realistically, it's going to be the bottom half of the bracket for if they get this trade done. Will it work? Yeah, I think Chris Paul could work with anybody. I think Chris Paul is a one of the very few original point guards left. And what I meant by that is pass first point guard, you know, get you into get to get you into your offense point guard instead of like a scoring mentality point guard, maybe like a Westbrook, John Morant, 
Damian Lillard, you know, more scoring on their mind first rather than getting everyone into it, which is not a bad thing, you know. Both uh, types of players have the benefit. So in terms of Chris Paul, yeah, sons, but no. Let's let's like I said, let's like I said before, let's get the superstars to winning situations that are gonna give him a chance to win a championship. And I want to see him go to the Clippers, go to the Lakers, go to the Denver, go to someone that's gonna give him a chance to win a championship. Because we all know right now, Chris Paul is chasing rings. He needs a ring, and he needs. I think that's gonna really, you know, put him set in stone as a Hall of Famer. Even though in my mind he is a Hall of Famer, but getting a ring, getting him to the conference finals for the first time in his career can really do something for Chris Paul. And I think he deserves it. Only thing is, as we know, that contract is hefty. That contract is really hefty, and no one really wants to take that load just yet. So let's see what happens with Chris Paul. But I think the trade destinations that they've been saying, I just hope he goes to a winning situation. So I don't really think the Suns are going to be doing all too well if they had Russ, if they had Chris Paul. I don't think it would make a big difference, Mac. What do you think? Um, it's like I said, you know, it's it's one that sounds weird when you first think about it, but it's kind of one I would like to see. You know, going to a small market, trying to bring them up, bring them to playoffs, serious playoff contention. I mean, it's going to take a couple years, and it's going to take a couple more pieces than just Chris Paul and Devin Booker, right? They're going to need more than that. If they can hang on to Kelly Oubre Jr., that would be a good start for them. So DeAndre Ayton's good, too. Exactly. So uh, I'd like to see this trade happen just to kind of shake up the NBA, maybe get some more competitive teams in there. And don't put Chris yes. Paul through that. <laughs> it's like an OKC situation again. Then Mac, he's not gonna go well, second round, first round. That's it out. Well, I mean, if if you're not going to LA, if you're not going to either LA teams or Denver, I think this is probably the next best thing. It's better than sending him to Sacramento, isn't it? I'll take Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah, know he would. Friend. Send him east. He's a better chance. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention this team. This Oh, this is the team that he really in my mind should go to, the Milwaukee Bucks. He should go to Milwaukee Bucks. Let's just lay it out real quick. Milwaukee Bucks, they have a problem with Eric Bledsoe not getting in the playoffs in terms of playoffs, not getting into sets, being too predictable. Chris Paul can solve that problem because he's a very per- a person that is very – basketball IQ on a high level in terms of switching the game around and probably give Giannis easy buckets and get him into situations that would be easier for him. He also can score and shoot the three so that can help them spread the ball around. He also is a defensive pit bull. He can play really good defense and really help. So I think Milwaukee would be the best trade destination for him, especially if they keep Milton. There's a trio right there, and that trio is going to be real good then, I think, and it could be a big step up, especially we as we know. Chris Paul led the league in clutch points in the fourth quarter. So him just, again, adds to that team. I feel like can bring a big dynamic to the Milwaukee Bucks team and keep Giannis. All right, well, we shall see when the NBA season gets rolling here in the next couple months. And that's going to do it for Episode 8 of the No Limits Podcast. Make sure you go and check out all the other podcasts on the State Hornet Podcast Network. If you're into cooking and food, go check out Max's Table. If you're into Just Laughs, go check out Buzz, the new variety podcast. But make sure you come back here next week for the next episode of No Limits. Peace.